0: You're crouched outside the lair of the mustang, near the burned tree. Your friends are with you, exchanging nervous looks. Like you, they're having second thoughts. Like you, they smell death in the air and wonder if it's their deaths. Keen has a big piece of sheet metal with a rope across the back, because the mustang breathes fire. Neve has a rifle, because the Mustang is far too swift to catch. Yelena has the teachings, because maybe the Mustang can still be reasoned with. You have a knife, because in the end, someone has to cut the Mustang's throat. It's the witching hour, the moon is full, and fresh blood is on the ground. The Mustang will surely run tonight. The Mustang is a living nightmare, a snarl unravelled with eyes like burning coals, breath of flame, and a voice like ringing steel. They are swift and deadly, chaotic and untethered, barely clinging to physical form.
1: Welcome to These Flimsy Rituals, an actual play podcast focused on telling spooky stories in scary worlds. Today we're doing another of our Shards and Fragments episodes and we're playing The Mustang by John Harper. About four people waiting outside of the lair of the Mustang. Over an hour or two we're going to explore what their fears are, who they are, and ultimately whether they stop the Mustang. This game is set in the same world as our campaign Tiding. It's probably set a few decades before the events that are happening in the Tiding campaign, and there may be a few familiar characters from that arc. So, joining me today is Ryan Evans.
0: Hi, I'm David S. Pumpkins. You can find me on Twitter at Ray.
1: Next along my list at the bottom of my Roll20 screen is Fryn Henderson.
2: Hi, I'm a pile of bones, and you can find me on Twitter at Theron.
3: And... Steve Martin. Hi, I'm Steve, and I think that's just scary enough on its own. I'm on Twitter (laughs) at purple underscore Steve.
1: (laughs) I'm your host, Adam Dixon. You can follow me on Twitter at at T Dixon. You can follow the show on Twitter at Flimsy Rituals. I guess the first thing to do is to introduce who we are and who we're playing as. And I think
0: for this, I'll hand back over to Ryan. Okay, so... I'll be playing as Vens from the Tiding campaign. If you're not familiar with them, they're a snarl that's a, a wizard of sorts um, that uses their connection with the large remnants to cast magic. Joining me on my journey tonight, there's Keen. He's a young man, he's fierce and wild, and he's in love with me. When he heard I was going to kill the Mustang, he insisted that he come along, and he made a shield out of sheet metal and rope to protect us from the Mustang's fire. Next joining us is Neve, a young weaver from the hills. They're calm and quiet. They steal glances at Yelena when they think no one is looking. They brought their father's rifle with them to shoot the Mustang. They cut charms into the noses of the bullets, just in case. And finally we have Yelena, a young follower of Ferox. They're brave and faithful. They came with us tonight without being asked. They brought their words to still the Mustang's black heart.
1: So I'm going to be playing as Keen in this game, which I'm really excited to do. Um, Frin and Steve, who are you playing as?
2: I'm playing as Neve, the young weaver.
1: And I'll be Yelena. Nice. So, Ryan, do you want to read the next bit and tell us what we're doing?
0: Keep a sharp eye out for the Mustang. If they take you by surprise, you'll all surely die. But it's a long wait, and the night is cool, and someone brought a flask of whiskey. So your friends will set to talk in to work off their nerves. They'll pass the flask to keep warm. You can hardly begrudge them these comforts. You're the reason why they're here, after all. Let them talk about why they came with you. Let them ask you why the Mustang has to die. Let them talk to each other while you keep silent. Finally, before the blood is dry on the ground, give each friend a silver coin from your pocket and say a prayer together.
1: So the way this is going to work is we're going to play out the scene of us all gathered, waiting for the Mustang. We're going to talk as our characters would talk, describe the actions that they're taking. We're going to play it slow, and then at some point, when any one of us feels that it's ready, we're going to shout a warning. The Mustang has arrived and the Mustang is running. And then... There's a little sequence that we play out. Vens is going to give each of us a coin. We describe how we're helping Vens to stop the Mustang, and then we're each going to flip for our fate. Finally, after all of that, Vens will face the Mustang, and with our three coins, we'll find out what happens. Keen takes out the whiskey flask from inside his coat. I think it's quite a heavy coat, dressing for the cold weather. He takes a swig and passes it to his right to
4: Yelena. So, why do they call
3: them the Mustang? God damn it. Keen, this is the worst... Fucking whiskey I ever tasted. Where did you get this shit? Frailty. You can't handle your drink. No, I, I can. I can. Uh, uh, it's just, you know, this is uh, this is awful. Uh, <laughs> um. Anyway, it's it's better than uh, thinking about what's out there. You know. Keen knots. Yeah, Vens Why? Why do they call it? Call them, the Mustang. I mean, who were they? Sometimes you catch a glimpse of them in
0: the corner of your eye, and you—you'd swear it was a Mustang. You know, they were fast before, but. God, ever since they changed it, they.
3: they move really quick. And. and what exactly. are we supposed to do about it? I mean. do we just. We, are we really supposed to, to. to kill it? Them? I mean. Are they even a person anymore?
4: If anyone can, it's Vens!
1: And like, Keen smiles, and there's definitely uncertainty in that smile. And then, uh, Keen looks
4: at Neve. I heard you faced it!
2: Yep. Yup. Yeah (laughs) Not keen on doing that again Well you're here
0: And you, You did bring that gun after all
2: Yeah well We'll see how much good it does
3: I never met anyone who Unraveled before is is that what's at the end of the road for for all of us, someday?
2: I'd
0: certainly like to think that I wouldn't be going down that way, but you never know what forces you down a path.
2: I can tell you now, Vans. If you go down that path, I ain't gonna shoot you. <laughs>
0: Feels strange to say this, but I hope there's somebody there that can.
3: I think uh, Yelena realizes they've been holding on to the, the whiskey for quite a while and sort of uh, starts and passes over to Vens. Vens reaches out and takes the flask,
0: takes a long, long swig. God, I think Yelena was right. This is terrible. See, it ain't just me. <laughs> Does anyone want some food?
3: We could... Something to settle your nerves? I mean, how long do you expect to be waiting? What's... What's the, uh... How do these things normally go down?
2: Yelena, I don't think we're on a schedule as such.
3: Sure, sure, but like, I mean... Uh, are we, are we expecting, uh, expecting them to, to, to come on out here t- tonight? And, or, are we going to be here a couple of days? You know? It'll be tonight.
0: Keen's right. It'll, it'll be tonight. You can see it. You can see it in the sky, you can... Feel it in the earth I don't know
4: when but Soon And we'll catch him
2: Yep Just can't wait
3: And uh What exactly happens if we don't
0: There'll be no one left to tell the story
3: Yeah, I was, uh, I was afraid you'd say that. <sighs> you know what? I, I, I might have some more of that whiskey after all.
4: So, what you cooking for us?
0: I just, I just grabbed some, I don't know, just... Something that can bubble on the fire for a while.
4: Beans?
0: I mean, yeah, I guess
1: Uh, I think Keen, like, turns a face He doesn't look too excited about a prospect
0: Well, you know We can't just sit here all night and drink whiskey
2: My papa always said you gotta go out on a hot meal and a high note, so We can have one
0: I don't think that they're mutually exclusive.
2: Yeah, well, we'll see.
0: Ven sticks out the cans and cuts into the top of them with his knife.
1: I think Keen gestures to get the whiskey back.
3: Hm, Oh. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Uh. You know, it's a it's a cold night. You know. <laughs>
1: No worries. And then, like Keen, pours a little bit into the beans, and hands it across to to Neve.
3: Ah, Keen! God damn it! You you you're just gonna make the beans taste like shit as well. Keen shrugs. Here you go, Neve.
4: Looks like you need it.
2: No, I'm good. I wonder. clear eyes, steady hands. They pat their gun. And kind of look woefully at the beans and go, Not even a hot meal then, huh? Alright.
4: The alcohol will burn off.
0: All of these beans will. will be barely anything. you would be fine.
2: You know what, actually? Tonight it is pretty low down on my list of worries.
3: You know. Ferox, uh. Eric's told me that there is a way to stop someone unraveling. Any of y'all think that's true?
0: I don't think there's anything that can
3: stop this but a blade. But what if there was? What if. What if we didn't have to put people down, you know? I don't think that people anymore.
0: I'd be the first person to say I was wrong if it turned out to be true, but i have just never seen it that way. Ferrox can think what they like, but until I see proof, I I can't think that way. If I end up this way one day, I'd, I'd want someone to make sure I didn't harm anyone. Not waste their time trying to Save me.
4: They're too far gone. You saw what they did to that village. And
1: I think Keen does. I don't think it's like crossing himself, but like makes a symbol on his chest.
2: Uh, Neve sort of glares into the fire and goes, Bellis. That village was called Bellas.
4: Um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to...
2: Yeah, well, you did.
1: He sort of, like, shrinks away a little. I think, I'm kind of imagining being set opposite the fire to Neve, and maybe, like, his face gets a bit shadowier as he kind of pulls back from the fire, only slightly.
0: Looks like the beans are done. Everyone wants some? Or?
3: Sure. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I think y- 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 Yelena's been uh, watching Neve since they uh, said the thing about the village. I, I don't think Yelena knew that Neve had sort of history there, maybe. Ven
0: starts to uh, ladle out some. Beans into some tins.
2: I think Neve sort of tips theirs in Keen's direction, sort of an apologetic little gesture. They wouldn't have been that fond of you either, so... And then they shrug and start eating.
1: I think um, Keen takes his bowl and starts just... I don't imagine we've got cutlery, so just starts drinking it, basically. The beans sort of, like, stain his blue fur. I think if you could see his face fully, he does, like, a little grimace as he has to, like, chew on these two hard beans and then turns to to Vens, who I don't think has seen this, and is like,
4: These are great.
2: Yeah, thanks, Vens. I feel bad already.
4: Well, I'll be I'll
0: be sure to let the the guy at the store know. You can maybe rename them Battle Beans. <laughs>
3: <laughs> 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 I mean, what if we can help them though? The uh the Mustang what if what if the person that they were is still still in there? You know? What if what if they're they're like I don't know, trapped? I never I, I never killed no one. Not ever. I don't know if it's uh if there's really a person in there. Uh I'm not sure how I feel about that. Well, you, 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 won't be killing anyone today.
2: You're
0: just here to help, here to help me.
3: What if they know what's, what's happening to them?
2: I've been patching spirit my whole life, and you take that much out. <sighs> what's left, it, it don't have shape no more, not like it should.
4: That's the problem. That tiny kernel. That
2: ain't salvageable. You can't fix that. I can't fix that and I... I really tried.
0: Did you know them?
2: The Mustang? Nah. I heard a lot about them. It's hard to know what's true. When someone changes like that, it changes the way people remember them. Like everything was always bad. And I don't... I don't hold that that's true.
4: Did you hear any good? Maybe we can hold to that.
2: I mean, I heard they were a person. How much more good can you get?
3: I hope when I go, uh, somebody remembers the good things that I did. I guess I'd have to do some first. <laughs> I just I just really hope Ferox is right, you know? that We don't all have to go through this. I don't want to die out on some moonlit night hunted by folks who could have been my friends. I don't want to go like that. You must have done a good thing before now. Tell me. That's kind of what I'm saying. I I don't really think there's there's anything that's worth remembering. Only person who's gonna gonna miss me is my dog. And he's probably gonna go before I do. He's getting old now. Family's all gone.
4: What's your dog's name?
3: Oh, I never gave him one. He's just, he's just, just my dog, you know? And you feed him? Yeah, uh, I look after him. I mean, uh, found him when he's a pup. Trampled by a goddamn horse. And you look after him? Yeah, yeah, of course I do. You gotta, you gotta take care of, take care of the folks in your life, you know? And, uh, he's, he's pretty much the only folk in my. Then that, my friend, is your good thing.
2: Did you say he was trampled by a horse? Yeah. That ain't an omen I'm a fan of.
3: <laughs> oh, well, shit, now you, now you mention it. Hey, at least he survived.
2: Neve raises the whiskey in the air as a salute, nods their head to Yelena and says, to your dog, <laughs> And then takes a big swig.
0: Vince sort of looks up from his bowl of beans and sees something moving in the in the darkness. It's it's here. It's there.
1: Keen, who was like halfway to like passing the whiskey over to, I guess, Yelena has kind of dropped. The canteen on the floor, and has picked up his sheet of metal
3: with rope attached. I think Yelena's uh, like scrabbling backwards away from the fire, sort of, uh, kind of hiding, hiding behind the tree that they've been leaning against.
2: Uh, yeah, I think Neve kind of takes a a kneeling position, sort of one foot on the ground, one knee on the ground, and starts readying their gun.
0: Fens is on their feet. Clattering to the ground Knife in hand Maybe looks towards Yelena And just says No don't go too far We need Stick with the shield Is Is Vence's knife like A
1: real Knife? Like it's not a metaphor It's like Vence Has an actual knife
0: I think it's like Ceremonial Like it is like Obviously a knife To do the deed But I think it is a Specific one I think it's slightly curved and maybe etched in runes.
2: Where do you get it from?
0: I think Ferox gave it to him. In a soon-we-won't-be-needing-this sort of way. Well, that's what they think. Vence is pretty set in his ways. You only have three chances against the Mustang. The first chance is when the Mustang charges, their fiery breath blazes forth, and their every move strikes sparks. You have to stand your ground and face the flames if you want a chance. If Keen can shield you from the fire, maybe you can cut out their burning tongue.
1: I think Keen moves to stand in front of the rest of the group, probably alongside Vens at this point, and he's taken his makeshift metal shield, and I think with it, with the metal that he's kind of holding, slung in front of him, he begins to weave a spell. As the Mustang charges across the snow and ice, I imagine like, steam sizzling with each of their footprints Keen starts to move metal through the air to disrupt the Mustang's charge Do we have like an image of what the Mustang looks like in this moment?
0: I'm kind of just imagining something that's enraged human but in the sense that it is it, like has no choice but to be enraged. Mm. I feel like it can't stop there.
2: I'm kind of picturing like the shadow of a human or like the outline of a human like you can't see features in it you can't see the person in it.
1: I like the idea that there's like almost like a mustang overlaid if you look at it in a certain way you can kind of see that shape like that legend that people have spun about this person has kind of taken a weird form and by like breath of flame and stuff like that are are we imagining that they're weaving spells of fire
3: i think it's much less controlled than than spells there's just outbursts and kind of like conflagrations just appearing around them you know the floor will just catch fire like their form's almost like a shadow on smoke in that it kind of shifts and drifts in and out and one moment it's human and one moment it's something else. And the reason the shadow keeps shifting is because there's just fires just cropping up all over the place and sparks and the shadow just keeps moving because of all the different sources of light all around them.
1: Mm. And I like the idea that it's not just like one form of fire. There is something slowly catching a light over here over there, like, the ground just suddenly turns into something molten. Over to our right, uh, the tree just bursts aflame.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of imagining sort of a shadowy person figure in the centre of sort of a, a quite a large area of effect.
1: Yes. And I think maybe, like, what I'm doing is kind of protecting against that. It's, like, almost sealing off areas of, like, heat or danger. If a fire is coming from, like, our west, I'll, I'll like bring up, like, a wall of metal to kind of hold it at bay. Or if, like, something launches towards one of you, I'll be in the way with a kind of shield. But mainly, I think, at the moment, I'm focused on protecting vents. So you have a memory of me, vents. Do you want to read it?
0: You remember Keen standing on the edge of the old bridge with you, looking at your dark reflections in the water below, The moon is high and bright in the night sky. He reaches out to touch your hand.
1: I don't know where you want to take this, but I feel like my first thought, if you let me touch your hand, is keen probably like comments on how hot it is. How hot your hand is.
0: Well, you know, you don't see me wearing layers that often.
1: I like it. And, like, Keen kind of smiles this beneath his fur, like the suggestion of, like, a blush.
0: Well, you know, where where I'm from, everyone's trying to cool down all the time, but out here it seems to do me well.
4: Do you think we'll be sticking around? How does this work? I'm kind of imagining it
1: as like you were probably part of this group, the group of snails first, and Keaton has probably just joined. It's kind of looking to you for some kind of reassurance.
0: You know how it goes: people come, people go. They they join, they leave. It's it's tough. It's tough on you as a person. Who knows? Maybe maybe I'll even go one day, but. For now, if we stick together, we can take care of each other and maybe do some good. Keen,
1: like, looks at you and smiles. And then
4: looks up at the moon. I was always told not to, but I like it when the moon is like this. You look good in this light.
1: I think Keen then, like, takes his hand back, and then says, Let's stick together.
0: Through thick and thin.
1: And I think we cut back to the Mustang, right?
3: I was thinking, like, cinematically speaking, the sort of looking up at the moon, you just get, like, a match cut, pan back down, and there's just flame and smoke everywhere. Nice. Like, this is probably
1: the point where, like, Keen's spells that he's weaving are starting to fail, or is, like, starting to show visible strain at, like, what he's doing. I think this is the moment where the Mustang is closing and is heading straight for Venn's, and Keen jumps in the way. So the way this works is I flip a coin, and it will show my fate. Good heads or ill tails. And that is Tails So What do we reckon happens here?
0: I think that um, As the Mustang charges Keen manages to shield us from the flames But gets knocked back
1: I imagine I get like heavily injured Maybe like There's suddenly the smell of like burning fur In the
0: night sky Mm, Yeah that seems appropriate Just yeah violently knocked back and singed around the edges and probably unconscious
1: yeah like definitely badly wounded and i guess maybe from the strain like maybe this is the moment where like sort of unknown to ven's keen starts unraveling like keen starts along his journey down this process
2: so is that like keen sort of over exerting himself magic wise
1: Yeah, I think from that, I think Keen, in this moment, with this person that he loves, is just prepared to give everything for Vens. And I think some of the conversation around the campfire has probably, like, set his mind in that direction. And yeah, I think the unravelings from that, and then I think the Mustang probably crashes into Keen, or, like, sends something crashing into Keen. Maybe, maybe it's the tree that was on fire, maybe that tumbles, and, like, Keen is caught underneath it. And is out of the fight.
0: The second chance is when the Mustang runs. They are far too swift to catch. If Neve can bring down the beast from afar, maybe you can cut its legs so it can no longer run. I think Vence sees Keen. Pushed back, and as the Mustang charges through the group and attempts to go away, Ven shout Neve now. Take it down.
2: Up until this point, Neve has been kind of split between preparing the bullets that their gun uses, uh, because I think this is sort of a family heirloom spirit gun, and it you kind of have to attune it just a little bit. So they've probably been kind of weaving little bits of kind of the atmosphere of the Mustang into the bullets and and trying to get a gauge on where it is, which is quite difficult when it's not a coherent form like a sort of fresh new ghost would be. When Vens yells, they're just kind of on one knee, rifle to their shoulders, like desperately panning around this clearing, trying to figure out where they think the sort of critical mass of the Mustang would be. And I think as they sort of tilt their head to either side out of the corner of their eye, they see the kind of shadowy rearing form of a colossal, horrendous horse. And they close their eyes and swing the rifle in that direction. And then they fire.
0: You remember Neve bursting into your tent in the dead of night, drunk and wailing, their faces bloody and swollen from the beating they have taken. Later they cradle the rifle in their hands, talking about death
2: when neve first found you they weren't looking for you specifically they were looking for the snarls who were known to be in the area they were looking for answers or help or someone to be angry at it didn't really matter and they kind of burst into your tent shouting about horses and fire and events you didn't have the context for and I think it probably took you a really long time to calm them down right especially if they were drunk when they got there
0: yeah sounds right
2: and so I think by the time you've kind of calmed them down enough to figure out who they are and where they're from and and what they want from you they're just sort of exhausted like slumped on the floor of your tent just their head in their hands and a rifle across their lap and just shaking
0: I don't think you told me your name.
2: As as Neve. They, they called me Neve. And you?
0: I'm Vens.
2: You are. Uh, you dealt with this, this sort of thing before, Vens.
0: F- far too often, I'm afraid.
2: Is this how it always goes?
0: Sometimes. Sometimes you can get ahead of these things, but... Sometimes they just happen this way, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I guess I... I guess I know now, huh?
0: You couldn't have predicted what was going to happen. Not many people can.
2: I could have done more right i could have I could have f- thought better I could have taken a shot and i I didn't because i I thought maybe that was a person you know and and I thought maybe they
0: if you've you've got to remember you just said it yourself they were a person what they are now you 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 can't think about what they were
2: but they' got to be something right. If you're not... alive, but you ain't... dead, then... Then what are you?
0: You saw what they were. You saw what they did, and... You know no person could do things like that.
2: I ain't dead, but... I don't feel all that alive, neither.
0: It's... It's a fine line, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you get to flip your coin.
2: I have also flipped a tails. ruh So I take my shot real bad.
1: Do you take a shot,
2: I guess, is the question? Yeah, actually, I guess the thing that goes bad is that Neve can't take it.
0: So you don't take the shot?
2: I think maybe they hesitate just a little bit too long. I think they they close their eyes in in the hopes that that would help, but maybe it doesn't quite as much as they wanted it to. And maybe there's sort of just a second and a half before they actually pull the trigger.
0: Well, then, I think what happens is as you close your eyes, maybe the Mustang can sense it. Basically, does an about turn to come back and. Charge you?
2: Oh no.
1: Does Neve make it out?
2: Oh, I don't think they do. I think just before they fire, maybe they remember that first conversation with Fens, and then all they can see is the Mustang, and all they can feel is heat, and I think they just choose.
1: Poor Neve.
0: So I think that the Mustang has charged and even knocked them to the ground. I guess in the moment, we can't really tell what's happened to them yet. But I think that now that they're stood firm, almost in the middle of the camp, begins to scream. (laughs) The third chance is when the Mustang snorts and screams and summons up something dreadful. If Yelena can still them with the word, maybe you can wrestle them by the neck, sink your knife deep into its throat.
3: Yelena's been stood right behind Vens, with one hand on his shoulder and averting their eyes from what's just happened to, to, to Neve, And they... They meet eyes briefly. They look down, nod to themselves, take a deep breath, and start casting a spell that that they've used a hundred times. It's very simple. It just changes how people see them. And it turns them into everybody's friend. And they step out from behind Vens and say, Hey there, friend. It's it's okay. It's okay, we're here. It's all gonna be okay. Why don't you, uh... Why don't you take a seat and we'll, uh, you know... Share some beans. It's all gonna be okay, friend. It's gonna be okay. You remember,
0: Yelena, sitting beside you in the cart when others left you to stew. They listened to your fears, eyes clear and kind. They offered reassurances about your path. You felt certain for the first time in years, but now there's a question on your lips. Yelena, Do you think it's the right time to go?
3: Go? Vince, you had some, uh, some unkind words and they had some back you know, I think if you, uh... If you just rest a while, and, uh... Let them rest a while, and... Either you'll realize you were wrong, or... They'll realize they were wrong, and, uh... You know, uh... People don't stay angry, forever. I think these people are your friends. You don't want to just leave them. But she's so... She's
0: so set in her ways... She never listens, she won't accept other opinions, she won't, she won't even change her mind about what she wants for dinner. You know Ferox, she won't listen to me, she won't listen to anyone's opinions, yet here we are, blindly following what she says.
3: Well, the things she's promising. If she, uh, if she lets on that... There's any kind of doubt. And people will leave. I mean. Maybe she listens to everything. Maybe she questions. Herself. All day every day. But. She's a leader. You know. Maybe that's. That's just a sacrifice that. She's making. She can't. Afford to. Show any weakness. But. She's
0: just like us. We all have weakness. By not showing if she. She. She feels a weakness or has one. I don't know. She just separates herself from the group. I don't know. I felt like I knew what I was going to do, but I think back about the cause and what, what we've all been working towards, and I just don't think it can be done.
3: Maybe not. What kind of a world do you want to live in? One where we all kill each other? Or do you want to, want to live in a world where there's some hope at the end of the line for each of us? That's the choice Ferox has is, is given us. And even if she is wrong, then I'd rather believe, you know?
1: So Yelena's coin flips to the ground?
3: Hey, that's a heads The
1: first one hey. On the least likely action um, Yeah so, so what happens Do you want to describe all of this
3: I think um, It's it's the same The same spell that Yelena used on Vens Way back then To talk him down from Almost leaving to sticking around For just a few months longer And maybe it wasn't honest, but as Yelena said then, they'd rather believe in something than be completely right. And they'd rather try than than do nothing. And I think it's that faith and that honesty that slows the Mustang, makes the Mustang pause for just a second in its charge. And the human shaped shadow becomes a little bit more real and it shakes its head as if trying to clear clear its eyes or something. And it looks like it's almost taken in for a second.
1: You must act now. When you grapple with the thrashing Mustang, your friend's coins slip from your pocket and fall onto the bloody ground. It's an omen, showing your fate. Raise the knife and bring it swiftly down, but you already know how this ends. You flip three coins, and we read their fate together.
0: I think seeing that the Mustang has backed down slightly, I think he's up, moving quickly maybe trying to get around behind the mustang, just to try and sink the knife into its neck and then go in for the finishing shot.
1: Do we see any of, like, Venz's magic or spell weaving in this? Like, we've spoken a little bit about who Venz's old remnant was before the shadow. Do we see that?
0: I think what you see is that um, Venz's old remnant was uh, called Tyravel. It was a sand serpent that was in the Sevelle Desert region. And, um, yeah, it had power over the earth and the the sand and the ground. So I think that what it looks like is that Vens is being lifted up by this this sand and supported and almost moves naturally with him to sort of aid him into a good position. (laughs) So you flip? Yes, I flip. Two heads and a tails. So mostly, mostly good.
1: So what do you think this means? How does this end?
0: I think that this ends with Vens defeating the the Mustang. But I think that he's pushed himself so much that this also starts Vens on his path. I think he's... He's done with this. He doesn't... Having to use this blade one more time is just... And after thinking back on his conversations with everyone, he realizes he just doesn't, doesn't want to do this anymore.
1: Yeah, I guess it's like even like a small part where you've seen like how Yelena used their powers on the Mustang and probably that clicks with you.
0: Yeah, I think it's more of a Maybe I could be using my powers to help for good. Why does it always have to end dealing with something so violent?
2: I guess like maybe the combination of the really highly ritualistic aspect of how Ferox once unraveled, people dealt with, plus kind of realizing that Elena maybe has manipulated you a bit Plus that moment where the Mustang kind of hesitated and showed that moment of humanity must all kind of build up to quite a, hey, this sucks moment.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I guess there's, like, an interesting thing for me, because, like, I don't know whether, like, Ferox is right to do this. I think morally, yeah, probably pretty wrong, but, like, this might be the thing that she has to do, and it's hard to know where where that sits, but, like, definitely it's nice to see Vens go, I just don't want to be a part of that. Whether that is good or bad or the right thing to be doing to, like, people who have unraveled, I don't know, but like, this is not for me is kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, I think, I think that's how it is. I think he thought he was doing something that was good, and I think he realises that there's far more good he could be doing in this world than uh, stopping other people like him Mm.
1: So what does this scene look like?
0: It is like a distance shot you literally see Fen suddenly become taller as he reaches up and plunges this knife down into the neck of the Mustang and I imagine it's quite unceremonious in the sense that the Mustang just drops and after all that, it was just that was all it needed.
1: And I think their blood spread slowly across the snow, kind of staining it red. I imagine in shots before we saw it like burning as it like hit the ground, but now it's just cooling in the wintry air.
3: Who's left? Y- Yelena is left? Yeah, I think Yelena stands exactly where they were while Vens does his thing and and it dies and the fires die down and the, the moonlight lights the place and the smoke clears and they're just stood there looking at this person and it's just a person and maybe they could have helped. Maybe there was something they could do.
1: I think Keen is probably still under this burning tree, but I imagine Vens and Yelena pull him out I don't know how we find Neve.
2: I don't think there would be anything dramatic about it particularly I think you would just find them where they fell
3: We should, uh... We should bury them, right? We should do something. Let's
0: take them back to Bellis. I think the camera
1: pulls out even further. Until we can just see Vens and Yelena and keen as three figures, moving through a vast, cold tundra. On their carts behind them, they carry the bodies of Neve and the Mustang, as they head back south to the town that the Mustang destroyed.